The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 3, The Guillotine, Book 6, Thermidor, Chapter 5, The Prisons. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by Peter Dan. Book 6, Chapter 5, The Prisons. It is time now, however, to cast a glance into the prisons. When Desmoulins moved for his Committee of Mercy, these twelve houses of arrest held five thousand persons. Continually arriving since then, there have now accumulated twelve thousand. They are ci-devant royalists. In far greater part, they are republicans of various Girondin, Fayettish, un-Jacobin colour. Perhaps no human habitation or prison ever equalled in squalor, in noisome horror, these twelve houses of arrest. There exist records of personal experience in them, Memoirs sur les prisons, one of the strangest chapters in the biography of man. Very singular to look into it, how a kind of order rises up in all conditions of human existence, and wherever two or three are gathered together, there are formed modes of existing together, habitudes, observances, nay, gracefulnesses, joys. Citoyen Quaiton will explain fully how our lean dinner of herbs and carrion was consumed not without politeness and place aux dames. Our seigneur and shoeblack, duchess and doll tear-sheet, flung pell-mell into a heap, ranked themselves according to method. At what hour the citoyenne took to their needlework, and we, yielding the chairs to them, endeavoured to talk gallantly in a standing posture, or even to sing and harp, more or less. Jealousies, enmities are not wanting, nor flirtations of an effective character. Alas, by degrees, even needlework must cease. Plot in the prison rises by citoyen la flotte and preternatural suspicion. Suspicious municipality snatches from us all implements. All money and possession of means or metal is ruthlessly searched for in pocket, in pillow and palace and snatched away. Red-capped commissaries entering every cell. Indignation, temporary desperation at robbery of its very thimble fills the gentle heart. Old nuns shriek shrill discord, demand to be killed forthwith. No help from shrieking. Better was that of the two shifty male citizens who, eager to preserve an implement or two, were it but a pipe-picker or needle to darn hose with, determined to defend themselves by tobacco. Swift, then, as your fell red-caps are heard in the corridor, rummaging and slamming, the two citoyens light their pipes and begin smoking. Thick darkness envelops them. The red nightcaps, opening the cell, breathe but one mouthful, burst forth into chorus of barking and coughing. Quoi, monsieur, cry the two citoyens, you don't smoke? Is the pipe disagreeable? Est-ce que vous ne fumez pas? But the red nightcaps have fled with slight search. Vous n'aimez pas la pipe, cry the citoyen, as the doors slam to again. My poor brother citoyen, oh surely, in a reign of brotherhood, you are not the two I would guillotine. Rigour grows, stiffens into horrid tyranny, plopped in the prison, getting ever riper. This plopped in the prison, as we said, is now the stereotype formula of Tamvia, against whomsoever he knows no crime, this is a ready-made crime. 
His judgment bar has become unspeakable, a recognised mockery, known only as the wicked one passes through towards death. His indictments are drawn out in blank. You insert the names after. He has his moutons, detestable traitor jackals who report and bear witness that they themselves may be allowed to live for a time. His fournay, says the reproachful Collo, shall in no case exceed three score. That is his maximum. Nightly come his tumbrils to the Luxembourg with the fatal roll call. Lists of the fournay of tomorrow. Men rush towards the grate. Listen if their name be on it. One deep-drawn breath when the name is not in. We live still one day. And yet some score or scores of names were in. Quick these, they clasp their loved ones to their heart one last time with brief adieu, wet-eyed or dry-eyed, they mount and are away. This night to the conciergerie through the palais, misnamed of justice, to the guillotine tomorrow. Recklessness, defiant levity, the stoicism, if not of strength, yet of weakness, has possessed all hearts. Weak women and ci devant, their locks not yet made into blonde perukes, their skins not yet tanned into breeches, are accustomed to act the guillotine by way of pastime. In fantastic mummery, with towel turbans, blanket ermine, a mock Sanhedrin of judges sits, a mock Tanvia pleads, a culprit is doomed, is guillotined by the oversetting of two chairs. Sometimes we carry it farther. Tanvia himself in his turn is doomed and not to the guillotine alone. With blackened face, hirsute, horned, a shaggy Satan snatches him, not unshrieking, shows him with outstretched arm and voice the fire that is not quenched, the worm that dies not, the monotony of hell pain and the what hour answered by it is eternity. And still the prisons fill fuller and still the guillotine goes faster. On all high roads march flights of prisoners wending towards Paris. Not ci-devant now. They, the noisy of them, are mown down. It is Republicans now. Chained two and two they march, in exasperated moments, singing their Marseillaise. A hundred and thirty-two men of Nantes, for instance, marched towards Paris in these same days. Republicans or say even Jacobins to the marrow of the bones, but Jacobins who had not approved Noyarding. Vive la République rises from them in all streets of towns. They rest by night in unutterable noisome dens, crowded to choking, one or two dead on the morrow. They are wayworn, weary of heart, can only shout, Live the Republic! We, as under horrid enchantment, dying in this way for it. Some four hundred priests, of whom also there is record, ride at anchor in the roads of the Isle of A, long months, looking out on misery, vacuity, waste sands of Oleron and the ever-moaning brine. Ragged, sordid, hungry, wasted to shadows, eating their unclean ration on deck, circularly in parties of a dozen, with finger and thumb, beating their scandalous clothes between two stones, choked in horrible miasmata, closed under hatches, seventy of them in a berth through night, so that the aged priest is found lying dead in the morning in the attitude of prayer. How long, O Lord? Not forever, no. 
All anarchy, all evil, injustice is, by the nature of it, dragon's teeth, suicidal and cannot endure. End of Book 6, Chapter 5